And so today, we're starting a new collection of talks throughout this whole month called Hacks to Healthy Relationships. I love what it says on our logo here, that friends, marriage, dating, family, healthy in all. How many of you guys would like some healthier relationships in your life? How many of you guys want less unhealthy relationships in your life? Yes, all of us probably both hands up, unless it's with the person that you're with, so don't, you know, make that too obvious. But we want healthy relationships. We want our relationships to be healthy and vibrant and life-giving, not life-draining. And so we're going to talk about them throughout this week. We're going to talk about them throughout this month. Because I believe God's given us some principles and spiritual hacks that we can do to make it a little easier to figure out how to have healthy relationships in our life. The title of today's message is a really powerful one. The title of today's message is We Need Each Other. As you get your notes out, turn to the person next to you and tell them, hey, I need you. I need you today. I need some encouragement from you. Even if I don't know you, I want you to know that I need you today. Because we cannot do life alone. I love what Adrian said about right now we're sitting in rows today. You're going to get inspired. We're going to have fun together. But where true life change happens is when we take what we talked about this morning and get in a circle this week and say, hey, here's what I'm going through. And I need you to pray for me. We have so many different types of circles that meet on all different types of days to fit your schedule because we know that we can't do this by ourselves. We need each other. As we're gonna see today, Jesus, the Son of God, the most incredible person who ever lived, fully man and fully God, he surrounded himself with friends. So if Jesus needed friends, we probably do as well. If Jesus needed people to rally around him, we even more so probably do as well. Before Jesus is going to the cross to give his life, just like we talked about in communion today, he asked the disciples this, he says, would you pray for me? Because what I'm about to do is difficult. And I read that, and I'm like, wait, Jesus is asking? Jesus? He's asking for prayer? How much more do I need to ask for prayer in my life? Because I certainly ain't Jesus. I certainly do not spend so much time alone with, the God as much, with God as much as Jesus did. So yes, please, local city, pray for me. I need you. Because if Jesus needed it, how much more do I need it? And what I love about what God has done in our life is he's moved us from where we have to live life alone and isolated to a place where we can find friends that are like family, to where we can be connected in community. You see, what we're doing, the church is not a building. And we know that very well because we set this thing up every single Sunday, week in and week out. Give me a good shout out to the home team who makes this happen every single Sunday, right? Because the church is not a building, the church is us. The church is me and you, the community that's been built. Peter was a disciple who followed Jesus. And when he, before he was following Jesus, he was a fisherman who was not very good at his job. And he, he pretty much sidekicked himself with Jesus for a few years, changed his life, and he wrote a few books at the end of the Bible. And in one of his books, 1 Peter, wasn't very good at coming up with names, but 1 Peter In chapter one, here's what he says. Chapter two, here's what he says. But you're not like that anymore. You're not isolated. You're not alone. You're not living that religious, burdened, pressured life. You're a chosen people. You're a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, this is huge. 
Once you walked aimlessly through this life not knowing who you are, once you had no identity, once you were just fighting for acceptance because you didn't know who you are on the inside and who created you. But now, now you are God's people. Not just God's person, you are God's people. Together we are better. Together we are stronger. Together we are a force for good. We are a part of God's capital C church that is bringing the hope of Jesus local to the world, to our city, to our neighborhoods, and our community. And so we have to be intentional about who we surround ourselves with. Today the friendship I'm really leaning into is, the the relationship I'm really leaning into is friendship. How we need friendship, how Jesus modeled this. Because here's what I want you to write down today, kind of where we're going to go, is that you may be one person or one friend or one circle away from changing the course of your destiny. You may be one friend and one circle away from changing the course of your destiny. And I'm here to tell you today, you don't have to search for it. You can find it today. You You can connect with someone at Connect Corner. You can join a circle today, and your destiny can change forever. Whatever you've been dealing with in your life, addiction or anxiety or depression or mental health issues or just fear or just lack of a relationship with God that's life giving and full, all of that can change over these next few months as you step into a community who is for you, encourages you, and lifts you up. That's what's available to us. That's the potential. You know, we, as, as, Bucks fans, we've been in mourning the last few weeks. I mean, we just, just when we were getting over the loss, our good friend Tom Brady decided to hang it up forever. And I'm still praying, you know, God may change his heart and I'll, be, I will, I'll welcome him back. It's all good. No love loss there at all. But the thing is, who's playing in the Super Bowl next week is the Cincinnati Bengals and the Rams. And if you're fans of any of those, that's great. But it's just very random that those two teams are in the Super Bowl. But I saw ESPN post this picture about the quarterback from the Bengals. His name's Joe Burrow. And I really thought it kind of encouraged us today. Let's look at this. It says, November 19th on the left, Tyler Shelvin, who's this offensive lineman, carries Joe Burrow off the field after beating Alabama. Sorry for the Crimson Tide fans out there. You've won enough. But then the bottom one says, Tyler Shelvin carries Joe Burrow off the field after an 18-point comeback to make it to the Super Bowl. I love this. It's just through the stages of life, right? Like they're both incredibly talented, but they have to work together to make this happen. And I love that picture of elevating someone on our shoulders and saying it's so great to be able to work together to accomplish our dreams. It's so great to be able to lift someone else up and say, you know what? We did this together. We did this as a team. And now we're stepping into what only people have dreamed of who have worked so hard playing this sport for so many hours of their life. And I believe you can find that person today and I'll be that for you. I'll lift you up and say, hey, we're doing this together. We're doing something amazing some amazing things. You're walking in freedom and forgiveness now. We're here to lift each other up, not knock each other down. We're here to do good to one another, not talk behind each other's back. We're here to care for one another and encourage one another. And when you're in a circle, it helps us do those things. How do we have a healthy friendship? We have to be intentional about them. We have to realize the potential of we may be just one friend in one circle away changing the course of our destiny. Would you open your hearts today as we step into this and would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we invite you in. God, we listen to what's being said, but we also lean in. How to have some healthy friendships, how to follow the example Jesus set for us. God, I pray that we would write some things down on our note cards today. We'd be encouraged. We'd be lifted up. God, be with all our incredible kids over in local city kids right now. Help them have fun and know that Jesus is their close and best friend. They can have fun here on a Sunday morning. Enjoy church. 
God, we pray that you would just bless them as they learn about you right now. And God, we're just so thankful that we're here on Circle Sunday to get connected and learn more about who you are. We love you, Lord. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, we all say and agree. Give me a good amen. Let's welcome everybody watching for Local City Church online. So glad you're with us wherever you're at. You're a part of this community. Be live in the chat today. Let us know what stands out to you. We got online hosts available for you. I love this idea of friendship because I think it's so key for our life. I can remember people in my life who stepped in right when I needed them. There were moments where I needed people to remind me who I was, to help me to not give up. And sometimes they came right in a a time where I thought everyone had abandoned me. It's amazing that, as I, again, I talk about Shepard a lot because he's just awesome and I love talking about him. Uh, yesterday, him and I, we went to the Glaciers Children's Museum here in the city, and we loved it. We had never been there before. It was awesome. So much stuff to do. It was, there was so much fun stuff to do. It was like, you know, I had to like coax Shepard like out the door one step at a time to finally get out of there if we were there for like three hours. But what I love about kids, and especially kids Shepard's age, is they just make friends like right away. Like, oh, you're playing with that? Awesome, I wanna play with it too. Look, we're best friends. Look, Daddy, look at this awesome person right here. Like he was playing with those little magnet trains. They had this big train set there and he was playing with another kid his age and they were sharing them and playing and and like getting excited when it would go up the bridge and go down the hill. I was like, this is awesome. We need to be more like that as adults. Just to realize like, hey, we're in line at Starbucks, so obviously we're addicted to caffeine, so let me tell you about my addiction. Oh, cool, let me tell about yours. How's your day going? How's your family? Just right away, just stepping into those things. I think we've become so guarded, so walled up, that maybe we've lost the vibrancy of what true friendship is. Deep, anchoring, long-lasting friendships. Like, I don't have, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting, you know, to my mid-30s now, which is a little scary. If you're past that, help me. I need to know how to get through it, all right? But I'm not, I'm not at this age where now I can, I can begin to make friends that might be 20-year friends. I mean, they will be, but I have, I have friends in my life that have been friends with, since I was like 17 or 18. RJ sitting on the front row. We've been friends. We were like 18 or 19. I don't got time to go back and remake that friendship and find new people. I'm like, I got to cultivate this friendship because this could be a friendship till we get old and gray. And I'm excited for that too. We need those deep friendships, right? And sometimes we have to be intentional about them. Sometimes we have to be willing to step into that friendship. See, my life was forever changed because there were people at church that were willing to be my friend. And that sounds so you know, Dr. Phil, (laughs) but it's so key in our life. I remember when I had first started going to church, I went on my first overnight camp experience as a 12-year-old. My parents were stressed. I was stressed. Never been away from home. What am I going to do? We're staying in these cabins out in Brooksville. Like, am I going to remember to shower, put on deodorant, all the above? That's what my mom's thinking. I'm just wondering, am I going to have any friends by the end of this week? I'll never forget the first night we were there, a friend of mine who's still my friend today, his name's Eric Sarlo. We were, we were sleeping on the same bunk. Uh, like he was next to me and I was on mine and he looked up, hey, I don't know you, but we're throwing the football tomorrow in the morning and you're coming with us. I was like, oh, yes, like, uh, yes, I'll be there. Please God, let me catch every single one so they think I'm good at this thing. But that, that evolved into a friendship that anchored me into the community of God. You see, you don't need to be friends with everyone in this room, but you need to be friends with someone. You don't have to tell everybody your stuff, but you gotta tell somebody because that's what leaning into each other looks like. 
You know, Wednesday night we had a worship night and it was such a big win for our church because we were leaning in together, seeking God first, just like our theme for this year has been. And we were closing out the 21 days of prayer and fasting. It was just a vibrant time together right across the street at St. Paul Lutheran Church here. It was so graciously let us use their facilities. But what I loved about that night is we had a time where Adrian and I wanted to pray for people individually and specifically. And man, we had just lines of people that wanted to be prayed for. I love that. You want to know a sign of faith? When we offer prayer at the end of service, that there's lines of prayer for people here wanting to receive prayer, knowing that they can't do this alone. If you need prayer, we offer a prayer team every single Sunday after service. Don't leave without getting prayed for if you need it, because that's what we're here to do. But what Adrian and I realized, a lot of people were asking for prayer about the future, about what's going to happen, about this job decision or this life decision. And it really reminded me of a phrase that I wanted to share with you today. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. If you wanna write that down today, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. See, we don't have to necessarily guess about where life is taking us. All we need to do is look, about, look at who's around us. For you and I, if our friends are people who are not necessarily faith people, then our faith is gonna struggle. If we're around people who are constantly negative and critical, and have statements like, well, no new friends, I'm at that stage, no new friends. That's weird, and that's what your future is going to be like. Limited, secluded, and cut off from new things that God may wanna do in your life. Again, if, if our close friends are people who aren't necessarily believers and followers of Jesus, that's going to do a lot of turmoil and stress on our faith journey, because we need people who believe the same things around us. Now, I'm not telling you today when you leave, you gotta call all your friends who don't go to church and say, hey, my pastor said we can't hang out anymore. Click, well, I don't know why you click anymore, or bam, like that. Like, I, I grew up in youth group, and every time there'd be a friendship or dating message, you would see everyone, like, having those, God told me we needed to break up. Like, no, we didn't. Like, you just shouldn't have been in this relationship anyway. Or God said, I can't be, don't put it on God. It's on us to make our own decisions about life. But I will tell you, show me your friends and show me, I'll show you your future. Now, it's not necessarily connecting, like disconnecting from all those people, that might be healthy, but one of the things to realize is I'm not gonna disconnect from those people, but I am gonna change how much time I spend with people in my life, because that's important. There was a study that showed this, and the writer writes down in his study that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And that means everyone in your life counts. Who are the five people you spend the most time with? That's the average of who you're growing to be, of who you're destined to be. We're not like the outliers that are gonna completely disprove that. <laughs> we are the average of those people. And Jesus knew that. He realized that he needed to surround himself with friends so they could see what being a good friend looks like. And in John chapter 13, he kind of displays one of the most beautiful examples of friendship we see in scripture. In John 13, it's on your card, it's up on the screen. Here's what it says in verse one. It says, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. And it was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Now stay here on this verse before we go forward. Go back to the, that one. 
Now, let's unpack what's going on here. It was in biblical customs at this time that when you had dinner at someone's house, this is stepping into the last supper time when Jesus is starting his journey to the cross to give his life for you and me. And it was customary at that time that someone would be there to wash people's feet because obviously they only had sandals, there were no paved roads, got a little dirty, right? And they didn't sit at tables necessarily like this with chairs, they would kind of sit reclined with their feet kind of off to the side around each other. Some of you are like, I'm so glad I grew up now and I'm in Bible times because I don't want to be anywhere near someone's feet, right? Especially dirty ones. And so it was customary to provide, again, a lot of Jewish things during that time was cleanliness and uncleanliness. They would wash, there would be an attendant there to wash the community's feet so that they could have dinner together. Dinner was, anytime you sat down at a table with someone, it wasn't just like, because I'm hungry, I'm eating with them. It was you identified with them, they were close friends of yours, you, you respected them and honored them and wanted to hear what they had to say. And so Jesus is having this moment with his disciples. And in this moment, he realizes that there was no attendant at the door to wash people's feet. And so Jesus takes advantage of this opportunity to teach his disciples what he's doing. And there's some symbolic things going on here. It says he begins to take off his robe, his tunic, right? What did this symbolize? He was taking off just like he had in his life when he came here, stepping out of heaven, the authority of God that was on his life, he was fully man and fully God, but in this moment, symbolically, he was laying down his son of God title and stepping into being the son of man title, which was a servant to all. As he tells us, I did not come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. And so he gets down and begins to wash the disciples' feet, using a towel around his waist, and he's going down the line. And he gets to, again, we talked about him before, one of my favorite disciples, Peter. And as we continue in the story, here's what Peter says, if you want to throw it up there. Jesus gets to Peter to wash his feet, and here's what Peter says. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never wash my feet. Now, what is Peter saying? No, I know where I've been, Jesus. It's not looking good down there on my feet. A lot of dirt, a lot of cracks. It's been a long time since I've had a pedicure. I don't want you to see what's going on. Isn't it interesting that maybe not with physical ideas in our life, but definitely emotional and spiritual things, this is the way we approach God and approach others. Jesus says, hey, I want to know what's going on in your life so I can help you get stronger and remove those things and be cleansed and be forgiven and set free. And our response is, no, nope, I don't want you to know those things about me. I, I, it's, too, it's too embarrassing to reveal. It's, I'm gonna feel like, I don't know if people are gonna accept me if they know these things that I think about or that I talk about or this, these mistakes that I've made in my past. Peter is doing the same thing. Jesus, you know where we've been. I don't want you to see the dirty part of my life. And what does Jesus say? Unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. This, and this is why I love Peter. Because he just, you know, figuratively puts his dirty foot in his mouth. And then Jesus says, well, if you don't let me do that, I can't completely cleanse your life, your spirit, your soul. And you can't fully belong to me in what I'm trying to do. Then Peter says, oh, Jesus, sin, wash my hands, wash my head, everything about me, Lord, please. I love that Peter, like on the, at the drop of a hat, can completely shift his persona, his decision making. And for us, I hope that would happen for you today. That our reaction would not be, ah, Pastor Ryan, I can't, I can't tell people what's going on in my life. Like, 
they wouldn't be my friend anymore if they knew what's going on up here. Or they would not want to be around me if they knew what I've done in the past. They're thinking the same thing. Like we've all, we're all messed up. We're all broken. We've all said some stuff. We've all done some stuff. And listen, that's not what community is about. Community is not about protecting this presence or acceptance idea that we're trying to perform for people and show people. It's about letting our guard down, letting our walls down and say, yo, here's what I've done. And we're like, yep, me too. Let's figure this out together. Jesus, I want you to know everything about me and I want to begin to get better in my life. I know it's, it's not okay. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. And it's not okay to not tell somebody again. You don't have to tell everybody, but you got to tell somebody. This moment was one-on-one with Jesus. Jesus didn't go, hey guys, look at Peter. Well, let me wash his feet. Look at this selfish guy. He says, no, 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 no. Peter, if you don't let me do this, you can't have a part of everything that I'm going to do. Now, what happens in Peter's life? I already told you, he goes on to write a couple books of the Bible, and his two little books are in the greatest selling book of all time. He goes on to become one of the greatest leaders in the early church, performs miracles. He gets up one day and says, hey, here's who Jesus was. And in that instant, 5,000 people get saved and say yes to Jesus. His faith is so strong by the end of his life that when he's going to be killed for spreading the good news of Jesus, he says, they're going to crucify him like Jesus. He says, I'm not worthy to die the same death that Jesus died. So they crucified him upside down. Puts our struggles in perspective, doesn't it? But what does it also put in perspective? Where did it start? By Peter simply saying, you know what, Jesus, you can have everything. You can have all of me. And he began to connect to Jesus within community and with around the other disciple friends that were there. What I wanna tell you today is that we need friends in our life and we need friends who help us move forward. Don't keep us where we're at. I wanna give you four types of friends that all of us should have today. And I really hope you write them down and kind of connect to them. Because here's an idea, the difference between where you are and where God wants you to be depends on having the right people around you. Like where you are right now and where God wants you to be, which is better, which is more fulfilled, which is big vision and a big dream for your life, there depends on the people who are around you right now. So four types of friends everyone needs. Number one is we all need a friend who makes us a better you. I cannot be the best version of myself without friends. I cannot be the best version of who God created me to be without people around me. I need people to help me get stronger. This is why when you go to the gym, the guys who are really serious are there with a partner because they realize sometimes they need to work out until failure when they can't do one more rep, but that person is there to spot them and help them and say, keep going, man, you got it. That's the best type of spotter, right? Like, I don't want, I don't want a spotter trying to help me lift who's like, oh, man, Come on, you got it. I need someone who's like, Rory, come on, you can do it. I'm like, yes, I can, woo! That's what I need, I'm just telling you. That's why I go to the gym with some people from here, because they'll do that, they'll scream in my face and get me scared and realize, let me know, I can do this. We need the same type of people that when we're saying, I can't go one more day, yes, you can, because you're not alone, I'm with you. I, I, don't, I, I really just, I don't know if I can give that to God, yes, you can, because we're doing it together. We're following this along, arm in arm, hand in hand. And guess what, if the bar drops, I'll be there to catch you. Guess what the Bible promises us in the book of wisdom? It says, pity the man who falls down and has no one to help him up. But really blessed is the person who has a brother there or a friend there 
just put them back on their feet and set them in the direction they should be going. For us, we can't let pride get in the way. We can't let fear get in the way. Yes, people will let you down. If you didn't know that, let me let you know that. (laughs) People will let you down. Even sometimes your church may not do everything that you need. But it doesn't mean we quit showing up. Here's what I mean. I guarantee you have had a bad experience at a restaurant or with some sort of food delivery place. You don't swear off food. You don't swear off restaurants. You give them another chance. I've had really bad first experiences with restaurants, but I go again, I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm so glad I gave this place another chance. Friends remind you of that. Friends help you realize that sometimes you're your own worst enemy. Friends make you a better you. Here's the second thing I want you to write down today. You need a friend who makes you a better you. You need a friend who helps you find spiritual strength. See, it's not just about physical strength. It's not just about strength that we can see. It's about the spiritual strength that comes only from the Holy Spirit in our life. And friends remind you of that. What is Jesus reminding them when he's washing their feet? He's saying, hey, guess what? God is not at a distance anymore. God is not far away. The disciples at the time had been raised their entire life to believe that God was distant and that only a select few had access to the strength that God offered. Jesus was saying, nah, let me, that's why he says, Peter, you don't know what I'm doing now, but I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you that the son of God came down from heaven and became human so that you could know that you have the strength of your heavenly father in you. So you have the strength of the Holy Spirit in you. You need a friend who reminds, who reminds you who you are in Christ. Hey, you're not that past mistake anymore. You're not what's happened to you or what someone called you. You are spiritually strong because you are a new creation. I need someone who reminds me of my spiritual strength because sometimes my physical and emotional strength ain't gonna cut it. Sometimes the success or platforms I've built in my life ain't gonna cut it. I need someone to remind me and say, hey, you're spiritually strong. You need people to remind you why you're doing this. The enemy wants you to get connected and isolated. Here's the idea I always want you to understand. When God created humanity, the first problem was not sin. The first problem was isolation and loneliness. What does God say? It's not good. For man to be alone. It's the first thing he says way before Satan ever shows up. It's not good for you to be alone. It's not good. Now listen, you may say, I'm not alone. I've got a lot of followers on my social media pages. That's alone. If that's your answer, you are alone, okay? But we encourage each other through comments and the DMs. No, you need face-to-face personal connection in your life, okay? That is why COVID not only really messed us up just so, in so many ways, because we had to be distant from each other. Still to this day, we are feeling the repercussions, way more important than economic stuff, we're feeling the repercussions in our mental health, divorce rates continue to go up, like dependency on medication goes up. Why? Because we were disconnected from each other. If you need proof, I'll give it to you. You need spiritual strength and you only find it in each other. The third thing is this. We need friends who are not only faithful, but faith-filled. I don't need a friend who just is always there. I do need that. I love when people are there. But I don't just need someone who is always there saying, telling me what I want to hear. Sometimes I need a faith-filled friend. Here is the statement I want you to understand because at some point, someone's gonna do it for you and at some point, you're gonna need to do it for them. In healthy friendships, 
You value the friend over the friendship. Now, what does that mean? It means that I would allow a friend to sit across the table from me and say, hey, I know I may hurt your feelings right now, but what you're doing is bad. (laughs) What you're doing is hurting you. What you're doing right now is destroying your family. And I'm not condemning you, I'm just pointing it out because I feel like you may have a blind spot. We all drive cars in here. Every car that we drive has some sort of blind spot. Every person lives a life here. We're trying to drive our life. We all have a blind spot that we don't see. And sometimes our friend is the one in the passenger seat that's going, whoa, watch out. And if we don't listen to them, we're gonna wreck and destroy not only our lives, but the people around us. You need to have this understanding that I don't just need friends who are always there. I need faith-filled friends who value me over the friendship that they have with me to say the difficult things, to tell me the hard stuff, to let me know when I'm messing up and getting off the right, the, the right track. I have people in my life that they have permission to do that. I'm not saying you gotta give them permission to do that. Please don't. I'm not saying today, go on your story and say, hey, my pastor told me for everyone to tell me what I'm doing wrong. Uh, you'll get a lot of stuff, but don't do that. <laughs> go to that one person that you trust and say, hey, what do you see in my life? Are there blind spots? The things I don't see? What kind of friend am I? What do you see in my family? Can you you help me see some things that maybe I've been blinded to? You need that. You need that. You need faith-filled friends who push you forward and increase your dependency on God. And here's what these things do. Before I give you the last one, I wanted to just give you this little example here. Brought, uh, actually, the the wheel from my bicycle. (laughs) I wanted to show you kind of this example here. Let's see if it'll sit up here. If not, I'll hold it. Um, So obviously, I have this big wheel right here, and our circles are called circles, so this works out really great. It's like we planned it. Um, but here, this is, the, this is the flow of life, right? Like our life is constantly spinning. Like, anyone ever feel like it's like you're spinning plates, you're spinning, you cannot get control of it? Life is just constantly spinning like this. And what happens is, if when we don't choose to follow these three things, the first three, again, a, a better you, someone who is faith-filled and, and faithful, someone who helps me find spiritual strength, that if we continue to not find those things and stay disconnected, here's what happens to us. It's like replacing ourselves on the outside of this wheel. Like where is the most tension on this wheel? Way out here. So the more life gets crazy and the faster it goes, the more I'm out of control, the more I have no idea what's going on. Why is life this way? I feel like giving up. I'm so disconnected from community and church. I feel like God's not there. No one likes me. No one loves me. I'm leaving this. I just do this over and over again. And it's not only just a circle of life, it's like the wheel of doom right now, right? Where I just keep going and keep going and keep going around again, same thing, same thing, over and over and over again. This is not a good life, all right? I do not wanna be on the outside. I want to be in a place where yes, life is spinning and sometimes crazy, but I'm grounded in healthy relationship. Now, what does that look like? Well, this wheel isn't just sitting here by itself. It spins and it spins on a strong axis because of the spokes that connect it to the center. So when I begin to choose a friend who makes me a better me, who helps me find spiritual strength, who is faithful and faith-filled, it moves me from here to here. And even though life is spinning, even though life is going crazy, even though life is moving around me at paces that sometimes seem uncontrollable, I'm grounded, I'm rock solid, I'm not moving because I've walked the strength of healthy relationships, I've followed these hacks to get a good friendship, and now even in the midst of chaos and trouble, come on, even though the world may be going crazy because you'll experience toils and troubles, Jesus has overcome the world and we're connected to him through our relationships. My encouragement to you today is stop living on the outside. Stop living on the outside of your church community. That's why we have Circle Sunday. 
That's why at 1040 or 1145 today, we have growth track right after service where you can get connected to this house and answer questions about who we are and find your purpose next week so you can serve on a team. You cannot do, you cannot do this faith thing when you don't go all in. You cannot do the things of God until you go all in. It just doesn't work. You're gonna get frustrated. You're gonna get burned out. But when you go all in and see what God's doing and see what people, how people can encourage you and lift you up, man, so there's no better place to be. Our challenge is give us a year. Give us 2022, which is now 11 months. Make Sundays a priority. Get in a circle today. Start serving, start giving, and see what God does. The last one is this. We need to find a friend who tells us the truth. What does Jesus say? He says, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. The reason you don't feel free is because you haven't told anyone the truth about what's going on. The reason we don't feel free is because we don't let anyone tell us the truth of what's going on in our life. Truth is an amazing foundation in our life. And I gotta tell you that there's not this whole idea of, well, that's my truth or your, no, truth is truth. It's the same for all of us. And the healthy thing is that the truth sets us free. And what is the truth? Jesus. <laughs> I am the way, the truth, and the life. You recently, uh, this happened to my phone. Here's a picture of it. I dropped it, and it's supposed to be unbreakable, but even, you know, Apple, even Apple lies to you. Um, but you know what never happened when my phone looked, looked great, when it was perfect? No one ever commented on it. All they would say is, oh, you got the new one. Yeah, that was about it. Because who doesn't get the new one? Because we're addicted to it, right? At least I am. I got to have the best camera. I don't know why. Got to take good pictures of my son and my family. But you know what happens now? Every time I lay my phone down, like you do the thing when you're meeting with someone, you lay it face down, because you're like, look at me. I'm really involved in this conversation, right? (laughs) You lay it face down. You know what happens all the time now? People look at it and say, oh, what happened? How'd that happen? What invites that transparency? The fact they can see that it's broken. What invites transparency and healing conversations when you get in a circle? People see that you're broken. And they say, what happened? How'd you get through that? Now, see, the thing is, my phone is broken, and I keep a case. I mean, I had a case on it before, and the one time I took it out and dropped it, that's, you know, God saying, ha ha. I mean, no, no, he doesn't do that, but. <laughs> but now I put a case on it. What's the case in our life? And I love that this case is transparent, because even though the case around it, people can still see. The case around our life is relationship. The case around our life is our circle. To say that, yes, I'm broken, but I'm held together by these people. And when when you say, here's how I'm broken, here's how I've messed up, when you get in a circle, here's what happens. Man, I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the, I'm the only one that came from a broken home of where my parents said this over me and were divorced and separated at a young age. I thought I was the only one that dealt with this mental issue. I thought I was the only guy who looked at that stuff. The enemy loves to get you alone. God loves to get you together. That's what today is all about. And I wanted to give you my favorite verse and two practical things as we close and the band's gonna come back up. I love what Jesus says in John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, than the one who would lay down their life for his friends. Jesus goes on to say that I call you friends now because I've told you who God is. I've told you about the things that I have for you. I've told you about the life that's possible. Greater love has no one than this, than someone who would lay down his life for his friends. I want, you to t- I want to tell you today, you don't have to look for greater love outside these doors because you're not going to find it. You find it in Jesus, and you find it within this healthy and life-giving community. So let me give you two practical things. What are my four, actually, they're not even for Mondays, they're for today, because you can accomplish one of them today. Two things to be intentional about, two things to do today. Number one is be with people. I'm committing to be with 
people. I'm not living life alone anymore. I'm not trying to handle things all by myself. I'm gonna be with people. I want you to write these two words next to that statement because maybe we would agree with that statement, but you need to be with people who are life-giving and spiritual. Can't just be with anyone. Your life is too valuable just to put in someone else's hands. Your life is too valuable just to put in someone, putting in someone hand, someone's hands who's not a believer, who doesn't know Jesus. You have to put it in someone's hands who's been through some stuff. You gotta be with the people who have walked through a journey. You gotta get around a married couple who's been through the things you're going through right now. You gotta get around a man or a woman who has walked, who's walked through and experienced victory over the things that are about to defeat you right now. And the only way they have that is because they're life-giving, they're encouraging you, but also they're spiritual. They're not directing you to advice, they're directing you to Jesus. They're not directing you to counsel, they're directing you to Jesus to be with life-giving and spiritual people. The second thing, and this is what Jesus did for us and the disciples, we gotta bring people in. Our circle, we always say it this way, is our circle is never closed. We don't get to this place where it's like, hey, we got too many, all right? You're not allowed. No, we don't have a cap on any of our circles because we have a lot of people, awesome. We'll just split it into two next semester. Bring people in. One of the best things you can do to see how God is moving in your life is a healthy, in a healthy way is to find someone who's behind you somewhere in their faith, whether it's a coworker or a neighbor or a family member or a friend, and say, hey, you know what? Come with me. You don't have to sit on the outside anymore. Come on in. That's what every disciple was. They felt like they were on the outside and Jesus brought them in. It's exactly what he does with Peter. Peter, your inadequacy and fear and insecurity has kept you on the outside your entire life. But you just let me wash your feet and cleanse who you are. You'll be able to step in to the greatest thing that has ever existed and will ever exist, the movement of God's church here on this earth. What I encourage you today, local city church, is not that we're just here with each other, but we look at an empty seat next to us and say, who can fill that seat? When we show up at a circle and we hear that life-giving conversation, we say, who needs this? Who needs to know they can live here and not here anymore? And you may be the person who needs to grab them by the hand and walk them into this life-giving circle, walk them into this house, where they can realize that hope has a name and that name is Jesus. See, the enemy, he actually, I don't think he really cares if you believe in Jesus or not or get saved. What I think he spends most of his time doing is getting you content that you are, you're good and not have you worry about those on the outside anymore. That's why we get around each other. That's why we do Sundays because we're excited. Someone needs this. And someone needs to know that they belong before they believe. Someone knows that they can find community here because they feel forgotten about what we are here to say, God, I haven't forgotten about you. You gotta get that list. That's why we gave you those, the, those cards we have at Connect Corner, that have the three boxes. Who are the three people? You said, I'm bringing them in. Circle Sunday, who, who am I gonna be with today? Here's the idea, like, everybody needs God. We know that. And God needs everybody. We can do this on our own. And everybody needs somebody. Somebody needs you in their life. Someone needs you to help them find what healthy friendship is and a healthy relationship with God is like. My prayer to you is today that you would simply commit to being with people and bringing people in. If that helped you today, if you believe in that today, come on, would you give me a good amen today? Let's stand to our feet as we close this morning.